Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And please give yourself a round of applause for making it for Bible study tonight. <laughs> Come on, clap for yourselves now. Appreciate yourselves. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for coming around. Um, thank you. And God honors your, your sacrifice, your, your labor of love. And you all will reap the harvest in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, uh, I thank God for this another opportunity to press further on the subject matter that we started for, I think this is like the fifth week now. Uh, bit by bit, we are, we are pressing forward. We are moving onwards. And I believe that we are getting something out of my light teachings on the attitudes to become. You know, like I told you all, like I confessed to you all, like it's really not a product of thorough, <laughs> long-time research. It's just like a spur of the moment um, preparation. Uh, so I trust God tonight, and I want you all to trust God with me. Uh, I'm not going to take too long tonight. I'm just going to wrap up on the attitudes to become that I started last week. So tonight is just going to be a wrap-up, and then uh, I'll continue some other time that I'm given the privilege to, to come and teach again. So can somebody remind me um, the attitudes to become that we started dealing with last week? Anybody? Mm -hmm. Humility. Thank you. Humility. So, media, please help us with um, our anchor scripture. Matthew chapter 5. Yeah, I think we're now at verse 5. Matthew 5, 5. We're going to take that scripture. That's our anchor text. The Bible says, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Hallelujah. See, I will inherit the whole earth because I am humble. Amen. Yeah. I'm trying my best to be at ease. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so, um, yeah. Uh, I think in a nutshell, I made us to understand that the attitudes to become, or what we popularly known as the B attitudes, are uh, actually our heart conditions, in other words, our attitude or attitudes that set us up for um, a life of endless, uninterrupted, continuous, lifelong encounters with God. Uh, I made it clear to us that it is God's desire to encounter His people every day. Encounters with God, according to God's dictionary, is not what should be a one-off thing. It's not supposed to be a one-off experience. It's supposed to be like 
every day new mercies of the Lord we behold. So that, I believe, is God's um, agenda. We're meeting his children, is, is concerned. Especially where our intimate relationship with God is concerned, he wants us to have a daily encounter with him. He wants us to experience him daily. He wants us to not just have a one-off experience, but an everyday, ongoing, uninterrupted encounters. And I believe that the Beatitudes actually expose the wisdom of God, the, the keys that God would have us deploy that sets our hearts in that correct um, space for receiving God's visitation, for receiving God's encounter, for having, you know, all that God wants us to have of him even though we cannot exhaust God. Hallelujah. God is an embodiment of uh, inexhaustible personality. He carries everything that pertains to life and godliness. So in him, we have all that we need for life. And um, that is God's desire for his children. He wants us to have all of him. He wants us to experience him daily. So the beatitudes that we have been dealing with are actually um, the conditions of our hearts, the repositioning of our hearts that actually helps us to, you know, get all that God wants us to get of him and helps us to become even more intimate with the Lord. So tonight I'm going to just wrap up on the third attitude that we started last week, which is um, humility. You know, we started first um, spiritual poverty, you know, what spiritual poverty is and how that it is relevant for our Christian journey. And then we moved to biblical mourning, how that we can actually deploy or explore biblical mourning to receive change in our lives in our workstation, in our space, in, you know, like we can carry this atmosphere that bring about the hand of God in every situation. And that's what spiritual, I mean, biblical mourning does for us. You know, we're not just lamenting, we're not just expressing our grievance on any uh, seemingly bad situation, but rather we are now channeling that energy on the altar of what God can do in order to get God on the scene. Hallelujah. So, and then we started also the third one last week, which is humility. And um, we saw how that Jesus Christ embodies humility. He's our perfect prototype. He's our perfect example of humility. He exemplified humility from the beginning of his life on earth till he was done with his ministry on earth. All right. And then we also saw other examples. So um, let me see what I can just do a summary of what I did last week. And then tonight I'll just wrap it up. Um, and then I should be able to do that in like 30 minutes. I believe there will be express instructions and they will bless us in the name of Jesus. So verse 5 of Matthew, again, um, 
chapter 5, says, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Uh, I said, like every other attitude to become humility is not an exception. Uh, it depicts the proper conditioning, position, and state of the heart that embraces God and enjoys his blessing. All right? We talk about the fact that the opposite of humility is pride. And what is pride? Pride is an exaggerated opinion of one's self-importance, right? One's self, I mean, exaggerated opinion or estimate of one's self-importance. And most of the time, when we, when we put on pride, what we do is we compare. We begin to compare ourselves with others. Most of the time, it is not... Um, what they have that we don't have, but rather it's the opposite. It is what we have more than what they do, like what we have more than them. But the subject of humility helps us to understand that the comparison that should be done among believers is not among ourselves, but rather it should be measured alongside our faith in God, or our faith of God. And the last time I checked, that just promotes equality in the body, right? It promotes equality in the body. So true humility actually helps us to have a balanced, accurate, and precise view or evaluation of ourselves in line and in accordance with the measure of faith in God. So not as a result of what other people within the body or outside the body have or don't have. But rather, faith is the yardstick here where humility is concerned. All right? Um, yeah. And then I've made us understand why humility is essential in this kingdom. How that it is also a key that opens us up to encounters with God. It is um, a key that repositions our hearts and open up the door to encounters with God. We talk about the fact that it is an attitude of faith that attracts God's intervention. And we saw that in Second Chronicles 7 and verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Then the Bible makes it clear that how that humility attracts his intervention. And we saw an example in the New Testament, um, Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. Even though there are lots of lessons to learn in that scripture, but we saw another key factor of humility in that scripture. Whereby a Pharisee went to the temple, and then another man, a tax collector, also went to the temple. How that one put on the right attitude, and the other one... Uh, didn't really do so well where his heart condition is concerned. And we saw how that it is the one with the humble heart that went home blessed, that went home with God's touch, that received the intervention of God. Hallelujah. So it is wise, it is important that when we come before the Lord, we come with a heart that is humble. All right, because he attracts the intervention of God. And secondly, I said it is the way we walk with God by offering him undivided loyalty. 
our humility actually actually um, feeds our loyalty to God. Micah 6 and verse 8. Media, if you can help us with that. I think it also jokes us some memory of how we got to know that it is the way we work with God by offering him undivided loyalty. Look at what the Bible says. My, no, people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So the way to walking with God is to be humble. Because when you are not humble, then you don't take the instruction of the Lord 100%. You kind of want to, you know, do your own calculation, do your own estimation, right? Okay, if God is saying this, how about you want to kind of, you know, negotiate God's instruction. But when you are humble, you know that this is what the Lord is saying. I'm going to take heed to what he's saying and I'll do exactly what he's saying. Thirdly, I said it's the key attitude that positions a man for promotion. You know, true humility, humility positions or set us up for promotion. Promotion in all dimensions. Promotion in all dimensions. I really cannot give the details of how that works, but I believe that God or humility actually brings God on board. It brings God on the scene of man's affairs. He attracts God. It's like an aroma that God can smell, that God can perceive. And that we saw um, in um, Psalm 75, verse 6 through 7, makes it clear that promotion comes from the Lord, not from the east, not from the west. Hard work is good, but also hard work of our heart to make it humble also is better because it positions us to enjoy the blessing of God at everywhere we are, at our place of work, in school, whatever space that we are. And fourthly, uh, uh, I said humility is the true identity and character of every kingdom citizen. The way or one of the ways you identify a Christian or one of the ways you identify a kingdom citizen is because they are humble. You can almost hold humility like this when you are with them. It is that tangible. You can smell it with them. And that's because it's in our blood. Humility is in our blood. It's in our gene. You know, we inherited it from Jesus when we became sons and daughters of God. Uh, And I believe Colossians 3 and verse 12 helps us with that. Colossians 3 and verse 12. What does it say? Media, can you help us with that? Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So it's like an apparel that we wear every day. Then number five, true humility is how brethren relate with one another. Our communication um, type there's anything like that, our communication uh, mode is actually B. 
built and premised on humility. The way we approach one another, the way we deal with one another is in love and it is also in humility. As a matter of fact, love is humble. Love is humble. Love is not prideful. There is no altar of pride in love, right? So when let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Now, it is humility that brings about all of this. This is genuine repentance, right? Like I said earlier, so humility promotes genuine repentance and total submission to God. You, the whole earth. That's what I want to talk about tonight. Humility, how it provides the whole package or ingredients for gaining the whole earth. And that's what we're going to talk about in the next couple of minutes, and then I'll be out of here. Are we following me tonight? Amen. All right. I said, okay, so it positions your heart to receive this benefit and more in God. Number one, how that humility gives you the necessary empowerment to gaining the whole earth. Number one, this is what it does for you. When you wear the attitude of humility, it positions you at the center of God's grace and promotion. What did I say? It positions you at the center of God's grace and promotion. You know, it is, it is one thing for you to know. To have an understanding that God wants to give you something, right? It's another thing to be at the receiving hand, to be at the right place at the right time. In fact, to be at the right center where God is bringing that package. It's like when you make an order, like you made an online, um, yes, order. Say you order a particular thing at, um, on, on Jumia or this other online platform or GG and all of those things, all of those um, online platforms. Now, I want to believe that you're going to punch in an address for where you want them to deliver the package, right? Good. Now, what you're trying to tell them is, this is what I'm ordering and then this is where I want the order to be delivered. Are we, are we together? Good. Now, what happens when these people arrive with your package? In fact, as they are leaving their headquarters or their base, they already would communicate to you that they're on their way. Maybe for some of them, yes. And then when they arrive at the location that you gave them, they call you to let you know that they are already at the point of delivery. They're already at the location. So, what humility does is to position you at the correct coordinates where God wants you to receive whatever he wants you to receive. And how he does that is to work on your heart. Ego, pride, and all of these other manifestations of the flesh could be, um, well, could be... uh, or what do we call it, factors that could jam 
the network or the service, not for God to locate you, but for you to locate God. Are we following me tonight, church? So, now, humility will help to deal with all those other factors that could interfere with direct communication with God. So, it positions you at the center where you actually come to the end of yourself, right? And then see God as the only source of help that you need. And then you are at the center of God's grace. You are at the center of God's promotion. Let's take a look at what um, Proverbs 3 and verse 34 says quickly. I have just a few points here, and then uh, we're going to be out of here. I believe we're getting something, we're picking something out of this tonight. Are we, are we picking anything at all? Okay. Proverbs 3 and verse 34, the Bible says, The Lord mocks the mockers, but is gracious to the humble. God is gracious to the humble. So humility actually positions you to the center, at the center of God's grace. You, 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 you become, you become uh, a beneficiary of God's grace. You become uh, someone that is the recipient of God's grace. God is looking for who? To deliver grace to. And then he finds you. Because you are wearing the right attitude of humility. Look at what James 4 and verse 6 and 10 says. James 4 and verse 6. James 4 and verse 6. And it gives grace generously. As the scripture says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the Always giving grace to the humble. Grace, I believe we all know, is not just a curriculum. It's not just a syllabus. But grace is the person of Jesus Christ. Grace is the good that we do not deserve or merit or earn. But we get it anyways. What we don't work for, in fact, is an undeserved, unmerited, and unearned favor. Of God. So it's not a product of your own self-effort or performance, what you had to do in order to get God to do. No, but rather it, it, you don't bring anything to the table where the grace of God is concerned. It is not what you get because of what you did right or what you don't get because of what you did wrong. No, it is neither. Rather, it is just an undeserved unearned and an unmerited favor of the Lord to his people. You know, anyone that comes to the Lord and receives salvation from God is humble. Because you know what you just did? You actually do away with your own psychology, your own belief, and you're saying, okay, yes, I'm going to take on the package of Jesus. <laughs> you know, man is naturally prideful. Like, I mean, excuse me, do I have to accept Jesus into my heart? I can just live my life the way I want it, however I want it, and I'll just be fine. But it takes a humble soul, right, to come to the cross and say, Lord, <laughs> I need you. 
I, I need you. So humility helps us to come to that point in our lives and position us at the center of God's grace. And then we receive that grace and that grace actually leads to our promotion. All right. We become translated from the kingdom of darkness into um, the kingdom of his dear son, his kingdom of light, where we receive direct instruction from God and guidance and purpose and definition for our lives. Are we getting that this evening? All right. Secondly, how that humility provides um, the empowerment for gaining the whole earth. All right. So when you put on the attitude of humility, you embodies God's revelation knowledge and wisdom. What did I say? You embodies God's revelation knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom is knowing what to do when you don't know what to do. When you come to that point in your life that everything that you know has failed you. I mean, all that you've learned in books, all that you've heard, you know, all that you've read in books, all the knowledge that you are privy to, they're not just working. Now, what happens? You need, you had better know something else, or you better have access to another superior knowledge that can work in that kind of situation. And that's where you get wisdom. Humility helps you to access that pedestal where you receive the wisdom of God. And what does the Bible say about the wisdom of God? Let's look at what James has to say about God's wisdom. James 3 and verse 17. James 3 and verse 17. Look at what James has to say about the wisdom of God. But the wisdom... From above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. Can you see the attributes of God's wisdom? It is different from the worldly wisdom. He actually said a lot about the worldly wisdom too. How that it is devilish, it is carnal, it is fleshly. But that's not the wisdom you get with God. When you wear the attitude of humility. Where your heart has been conditioned, has been positioned, and has been set. You know, what it does in order to empower you to gain the whole earth. In order to... Now... Again, in the old earth, it's not necessarily mean that you now become like, you know, the organ of the entire universe. No. What that simply means is your own space. God gives you control. God gives you favor. It just looks like you are the only person that knows how to do stuff in your space. And what you're doing is not only affecting or blessing people in that your space but also affecting people outside your space because and ultimately it brings glory to God. You know, just like what the scripture says that um, let, let your good works be revealed to all men, right? 
that it will bring glory to God. It always brings glory back to God. Because God delights in his children um, doing well. All right? He, he, he wants us to do well. So when you, when you wear the heart of humility, right, he embodies God's revelation, knowledge, and wisdom. You receive express instruction on what to do. When you don't know what to do, you receive the revelation knowledge, revelation. Now, it, it's a knowledge that is uncommon, knowledge that is unpopular. It is not knowledge that you get from books that you read, but rather it's a direct, fresh instruction also from God because it is revealed to you. It is revealed to you. So a humble heart is a fertile land for revelation knowledge of God and God's wisdom. Am I communicating tonight? Are you sure? All right. The third thing that I believe that humility would do to us by empowering us to gain in the whole earth is that it positions our heart correctly and opens us up to, okay, maybe I think I said this earlier. It's, it's, it's like a continuation of the second point. It positions our heart correctly and opens us up to unpopular guidance and instruction in crises and in life or in life situation. Because of the correct positioning of our heart, clothed with humility, we are opened up to unpopular guidance, instruction in crisis and for life situation. Have you ever found yourself in a kind of uh, a situation or a crisis? You guys know what crisis is? is, is, is it's not something that you made up, all right? Like the way things are going on in Nigeria right now, we are in crisis. The nation is in crisis. Nigeria is in crisis now. Only those who know God, <laughs> I believe, will survive in these times and seasons that we are in right now. Only those who really hold on to God fervently. And I believe this is what the Lord is trying to communicate to us. We need God, not just for such critical times as these, but for all times. You know, we believe God is going to get better. We are coming out of this situation better, wiser, and stronger. But we ought to be at the right center. Our state of mind ought to be in the correct position where God is concerned, so we can enjoy his privilege, we can enjoy his wisdom, his wisdom to guide us through critical situations, through life situations. Look at what Proverbs 12 and verse 15 says very quickly, you know, Proverbs 12 and verse 15, Proverbs 12 and verse 15, the Bible says, fools think their own way is right. But the wise listen to others. The wise listen to others. Let's look at 25 and verse 9 of Proverbs. I want to quickly say something right there before I move on to the next point. Psalm 25 and um, Proverbs 25 and verse 9, sorry. When arguing with your neighbor, 
Don't betray another person's secret. Can we see that in another version? G give me King James version of that. I'm not sure I really get the way New Living Translation put this particular text. But what I'm trying to say in essence is that humility helps us or opens us up to receiving unpopular guidance. <laughs> God would tell you some things that really don't make sense to you. They don't make sense to our brains. You know, it's just like Abraham waking up one morning and the Lord told him to go get his visa to leave for another country. Excuse me. Last night, I never had that nerve to, I didn't, I didn't even, it wasn't in my plan to travel. Now you waking up the next morning and then you receive an express instruction loud and clear clear not like once okay it's from the lord now that don't make sense because you're like i i thought the lord would have given me like like a week notice or like a month notice so i could you know get prepared and all of that but the lord is saying no i needed to go right now and you're wondering so how do we go about this i don't even have what it takes to travel but because the lord gave the instruction you can be sure that when God gave instruction, he already made provision for it. Am I for, are, you, are you all following me tonight? So you will receive unpopular guidance and instruction that will not confuse you. They will look hard to comprehend for your brain, yes. But they will not confuse you. They will not bring confusion into your life because God is not an author. Of confusion. It would give you clarity. It will give you instructions and it will guide you every step of the way so that it can be worth it. Hallelujah. And there is no time that you receive God's instruction, His guidance, and you follow through and you don't hand well or that you hand in the well. I don't think there's ever been any situation like that. Hallelujah. Rather than hand in the well, you hand well. Praise the Lord. That's what humility would do for you. Number four. When you put on the attitude of humility, you expose yourself to God's honor. Say, I expose myself to God's honor. When I put on the attitude of humility... What that simply means is you get a trophy, you get a reward, and that reward is honor. When you are obedient to the Lord, that you humble yourself, what you get back in return is honor. God himself will honor you. We are familiar with Psalm 91 and verse 15. The Bible says, I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you and honor you. Look at what Proverbs 18 and verse 12 says about being honored by God because you are humble. Before destruction, the art of man is haughty. And before humility, before honor is humility. In modern Contemporary English, what that simply means is uh, 
how do we say that now? The end of destruction. Oh, okay. Pride leads to a fall. All right? Pride leads to destruction. But humility leads you to what? Honor. Can we have that in the New Living Translation? I think that will help us better. Okay, the NI. Okay, so, okay. Alternate goes before destruction, right? That's the end of destruction. That's the end of alternate. That's the end of pridefulness. Being proud or pride would lead you to where? Destruction. But humility will bring to you what? Honor from the Lord. God honors the humble. I believe that the grace package of God to the humble is to honor him. Is to honor her. You know why? Because in his or setting, a humble person looks like the dumbest person. They look like the weakest person. They look like they don't know what they are doing. Most of the time, they look like the weirdos in some cliques or in some, in some, in some um, association. Because they do things opposite others do what they do. They run by the kingdom secret keys. So what they do really don't make sense most of the time. But they are doing the right thing. They are not just all and about doing the good stuff. But rather they are concerned about doing the right thing. Most of the time we get distracted by doing the good stuff. And that's why the opposite of right, or the, yeah, the opposite of right is not wrong. The opposite of right is actually good. Because not everything that is good is actually right. God wants us to do right at all times. Not just to do good. He wants us to do right. And rightness is the standard of God. Because not everything that is good is actually right. Um, let me use this example. Junk food is good. But is it right for somebody that is already suffering um, obesity? Is it, is, it, is, it, is it right? But is junk meal really good? Like you can, you can snack on junk meal sometimes. <laughs> Did you say it's not good? <laughs> oh, Really? But some of us eat junk meal now. We just go to Chicken Republic and order their pie express and just snack on it. Okay, Dr. Diakola is here. Is it okay to snack on junk, junk meal once in a while? Is it, is it good? Is it good sometimes? Sometimes. Uh-huh. So that even make it on right. <laughs> Because that sometimes see, communicates to me that I should not even try it at all. I'd better eat good meal. Anyways, we, we like to eat good. Amen? Sorry, we don't like to eat. We like to eat right. Hallelujah. We eat right. So we don't just go for junk meal. All right? We are not attracted by it. We want to eat right, balanced meal. So humility exposes us, like I said, to being honored. By God. I believe one of the attributes of an honorable vessel is that they are humble. You know, when the Bible 
was making the distinction between vessels unto honor and vessels unto dishonor. What makes a vessel an honorable vessel is the fact that they are humble. You know, because they always are at the service of the master. When the master says this, it is non-negotiable. They don't begin to argue it. They don't say, no, sir, let's try it this way. That's Jesus that just spoke to you. That's wisdom personified that just ministered to you. Leads to what? Uh-huh. And we just mentioned honor the other time. And then what? Long life. When you put on the attitude of, in fact, you all remember Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 verses 1 through 3. Let's, let's quickly read that. You see another um, uh, long life. Yeah, you see long life there too. Just by being obedient to an express instruction from the Lord. It just opens you up to long life. Ephesians 6 verse 1 to 3. Let's read it together very quickly. I want us to see something there. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Verse 2. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise. And I was that promise. Verse 3. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have short life on the earth. You will have what? Long life. Express instruction from the Lord. Communicated to us. And we being humble enough. As a matter of fact, some of the things that we do or that we will be commanded to do because we are humble are instructions that will lead to long life. That will save us from a lot of harm that could have happened to us. In fact, it would put us at the right place at the right time. Now, a lot of people end up, you know, being hurt or end up being affected in a very bad way. Not because um, they did anything evil, but maybe because they were just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Or would I say at the wrong place at the right time? Like, you know, some people were asking, okay, so why is it that good, 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 good people, you know, Die early and all of why why do why do bad stuff happen to good people? And this man of God gave this wisdom answer. He said, Well, bad stuff happened to good people because good people are in the wrong place <laughs> at the right time. You know, it, 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 it just happens. Though we don't have all the explanation for that. God does, God knows, God sees what we don't see. We know in part and we prophesy in part. Hallelujah. Like time is coming when everything will be, you know, open to us. But I said all of that to say that when we put on the attitude of, of humility, it saves us a lot of havoc that could have happened, a lot of, you know, crisis that could have happened, all right, and unlocks the doors of riches and long life to us. And when you have that from the Lord, come on now, you can be sure you are already enjoying the earth. Hallelujah. Yeah. Number six. When you put on the attitude of God and um, yeah, when you're clothed with the attitude of humility 
And I believe that's not a mistake when I said the attitude of God. <laughs> that I believe came by the Spirit because humility is the attitude of God. Hallelujah. So when we put that on, it positions us at the receiving hand of God's countenance, our attention, and all it comes with. I think that is similar to attracting God. Like we said in 2 Chronicles 7 and verse 14, you know, he, 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 you just, it's like, it's like you are, you are, you are, you are dragging on God. It's like you are embracing God. When you put on that attitude, you just attract God. You're like, mag, it's like a magnet. When you put a magnet where, in a surrounding where metals, you know, are present, what happens? It begin, all the metals begin to find their way where the magnet is, right? Especially when they are of close proximity. You see that they just begin to attach themselves to that magnet. That's what the melody also does. He, he attracts God's attention to us. He attracts God's countenance to us. His, his light, the light of his countenance shines on us when we put on the attitude of humility. And, and the last point that shows the provision of humility and how that he empowers us, equips us to gain in the whole earth is that victory is guaranteed. Can we echo that together? Say victory is guaranteed. Humility helps us to secure the victory in Christ Jesus. Remember, what we are talking about is the attitudes to become. And the long and short of this old teaching is to help us to see how that we can position ourselves, we can be at the center of God's encounter daily. Daily. And how that we can use or we can wear this attitude every day. We can become, you know, there are be attitudes. Be Attitudes, attitudes to be, we humble ourselves. When we put on the attitude, that is when we condition our heart for us, when we put on the attitude of humility, that is service to God. Because God will now serve us back with his riches and longevity. And then he also positions us at the receiving hand of God's countenance or attention. And all that God comes with. God will not be going back without releasing all that he came with. Because he came in the first place to deliver those things to us. Right? And then lastly, victory is guaranteed. The attitude of humility ensures victory. Victory that is wrought by the hand of God. Sweatless victory. Not the one that you worked for. Not the one that is a result of your hard labor. But rather the one that God himself would do for you. And your humility, your attitude of humility will just position you at the receiving hand. Victory is guaranteed. I believe we'll get something out of that tonight. So let's go on and then begin to... You know, wear this attitude. There are about 10 of them or so. We've just only dealt with three. Uh, we should deal with the other ones as time goes on. Uh, yeah, maybe next week. That's if the pastor is not around. Otherwise, it will be another time. 
right? So uh, I believe we got something out of that. Hallelujah. Let's clap for Jesus. That's right. Amen. So next week, oh, the time I'm permitted again, we're going to deal with the next um, attitude to become. And that will be verse 6. Let's read verse 6 together. That will be the next attitude we're going to deal with. I call it appetite for God. Say appetite for God. Media, please help us with Matthew 5 and verse, um, that should be verse 6. So we can begin to ruminate on that. All right. Matthew 5 and verse 6. Let's read it together, everybody. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice or righteousness, for they will be satisfied. So what that means, we're going to get to understand it uh, by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we be upstanding as we bring the service to a close tonight?